Switch Mania Playcast. Welcome to episode 81 of the Switch Mania Playcast. Where we continuously kill ourselves over and over just for your enjoyment. Are we talking real life, Barry? Are we talking in, in game? Um, I'll let the, the listeners decide on that one. <laughs> you decide. <laughs> oh, wow. Insanity. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, it's been a little bit since we've recorded. Um, and, you know, it's it's been a, been a fun time. I ended up uh, traveling around, right? Indiana. Yeah. It's fun. You, um, you went on a little vacation. A little bit of a vacation. Um, luckily, I played a little bit of our game, too. Uh, which was fun, but yeah, it's been uh, been a crazy vacation. During the time, I was able to get all the reviews um, structured out for Switch Collector Volume Two, um, which is great, and lots of freaking phone calls. JP scheduled for premium. <laughs> oh, craziness, man! Crazy. Yes, been a, been a busy time, but but all good good busy, not a bad busy. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Um, it's great being back, though. Um, of mm. course, working tons, um, and we do have a little bit of a, an update, right, with premium. Yeah. So obviously, everything's still shipping. Um, we did get an update on the Steel Books, the Pigeon mm-hmm. Dev Games Collection Steel Book. Uh, should be. It's on a ship right now, right, Barry? Yes, it's on the ship right now, headed towards our warehouse, but we will most likely not have it at the warehouse until next month, because yeah. ship travel is slow, unfortunately, so mm-hmm. all we do is we just ask all of our, our wonderful customers to please bear with us, you know, we, we can't get it any faster, and uh, <laughs> once it arrives, we, you know, you'll, you'll get it, and it's, it's definitely worth the wait, that the Steelbook is worth the wait. Oh, Steelbook's amazing, and you know, the 3D aspects, the fact that it's horizontal looks like a television and you can like feel all the the pieces to it and interiors inside of a tv it's just super amazing um the design that erica did and wait till mm-hmm. you all see what she has waiting for us with robot name fight like it just looks amazing like and then like the ideas that they're gonna do like her and i think it's um frank frank the tank they've been coming up with crazy ideas um so i mean i will tell you we are not skimping on any piece of any release. Um, speaking of not skimping, um, with the deluxes, so we were waiting on the deluxe boxes to show up, and if anybody isn't tracking, it's a Neo Geo AS like shock box style, um, and they were making a thousand of them. So it's like imagine how big those are—a thousand of them. It's gigantic amount of stuff that we had to wait for. Um, those got shipped over, and they're now with the printing company. So the printing company has them. Well, when they did it, um, they noticed that our slip case was slightly a little too small. So we adjusted that. And I think we talked about that in the previous episode, um, adjusting the slip cases. Well, now they went and printed our book cover for the the premium deluxe guides, the premium guides, right? And when they did it, there were like five black boxes that you could barely see on the cover. Like, so for around like premium edition games, you could see a, like when you shine it in the light, because it is a, it's like a black shiny foil on the cover. It looks freaking amazing. But when you did it, you could see a slight outline of the box. Well, they're going to reprint the entire covers because it needs to be perfect. 
Um, it's going to take a little bit of time, but it's going to be well worth it. They already have it fixed at the printing company, and, they, and it's something that you won't notice, Barry, until mm. you physically print. And when it comes to sheet-fed printing, because I've been doing the book thing for like seven, eight years now, um, you have to, it's, it's more efficient to just print everything at once, and it takes like an hour or so for a thousand copies, uh, than to just print one and then check it. So they are going to reprint everything, um, cover the extra fees, but it's, it is going to pause things slowly as they, um, slightly as they reprint all the things. So when they do that though, they're gonna print everything, they're gonna send advanced copies over here, um, and then everything gets on a ship to get over here. So we're likely, you know, still about six weeks away for the deluxes. Just, that's just for listeners to put things into perspective when it comes to it. So, you know, once things start printing, it's usually about six to eight weeks. Well, we're already two, two weeks in. So it should still be about a month or so. It should be slightly behind the steelbook, but we should get them. I'm going to see about getting expedited shipping because all the delays, maybe they'll hook us up and the printing company might be able to get it out to faster. So that way it'll arrive around the same time as the steelbook. I'm hoping, fingers crossed. Um, we'll also talk about the difference in cost and maybe we'll just get it out. So that way we can get everything to arrive uh, because... I am very much so wanting <laughs> these deluxes to arrive so we could be done with uh, getting all the customers their stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's really frustrating because I, I, you know, people <clears throat> will purchase and then uh, you know someone will will send an email or message and be like, "Hey, out of curiosity, you know, do you know when mine's shipping?" And I, like, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's gonna take a little time. Like, just please be patient. Uh, and I can't wait for the day to be like, you know what? It's coming. Like right now, you know, you place your order, it will absolutely be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be so great because I think once people see the retro and see the deluxe and they get it in their hands, they're going to realize that this was absolutely worth the wait. And, uh, you know, we, like, like Jeff said, it has to be perfect. We want our things to be perfect for you. Well, and those that have gotten our premium edition so far, they already know the the care that yes. we're going into to creating these. It's like a little intricate puzzle, as I've said. And just keep in mind, Steelbooks arrive, say, next month, right? Like like Barry just said. Well, it's not like once the Steelbooks arrive, we start shipping the next day. They still have to, at the Nintendo-approved packaging facility, have to take the Steelbook with our premium edition combine those and put them with our retro box and there's a little insert that goes in there so that way it doesn't slide around obviously because we want it to be you know as professional as possible um and that has to be packaged up then once all that's packaged up which you know takes a few business days or so um then it'll get shipped so that being said you know it's not like a immediate thing that's for the retros when the deluxes arrive it'll be even more complex because not only is it that those are arriving and the reason why i sent the neo geo shock boxes the deluxe boxes to the printer is because they're located in the same area and they're going to take the book and the shock box put them together inside the slipcase, and package it all up and then mail it all so when they mail it all though it's going to come together and then the packaging facility in the u.s is going to have to disassemble and then put all of our deluxe pieces in there which include the retro box and then they have to put the and produce the CD um, with sleeve and put and enter in the insert the enamel pin all inside of the deluxe box and then put it back inside the sleeve. So there is some work that has to go into getting those perfect from the the 
packaging facility as well. So again, it won't be like an immediate turnaround, but then we start shipping. So the stuff's crazy and people don't really realize because they're just used to, you know, being the consumer. But from this side, it's like an intricate puzzle, Barry. <laughs> it, it is a lot crazier than even I ever expected, but... Oh, I you know, expected it's one of those it. Things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you expected it. But it's one of those things where, you know, saying if, you know, something's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And we want to do it right for everybody. Yeah, I would say um, our biggest comparison for any of the other um, small batch printing companies would be like what uh, Special Reserve does because they do like intricate like puzzles as well. Mm-hmm. Like their quality margin is is pretty freaking superior and I love it. And that's where we're like, well, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it that way. We're going to put the care in like they do and we're going to make sure we do everything. And that's where like premium edition kind of just took off. We're like, yeah, but we're going to do a premium. Might as well. Um, and that's when people who were, you know, wondering, well, why is it for $40? Why is it $40? Well, we're putting in a lot of stuff into just our premium editions. Our retail are going to mm-hmm. have that stuff with it. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of the mentality behind it. Um, I mean, we'll be small batches as long as, you know, we, we get small batch amounts. But again, we want gamers to be able to play our games too. So we will make as many as people want. Um, I mean, with these first two, it's, uh, the minimum amounts, but in the future, like robot name five, if we get a crap ton of pre-orders, we get a crap ton of pre-orders. Um, yeah, that's one of the reasons we're having that open pre-order. So now did we mention on the playcast what we're doing differently with series two, um, with the, the next pre-orders that we didn't do with the initial pre-orders? I think we did. I know I've talked about it before. Um, yeah. But we so, should absolutely mention it again. Yeah, let's be very specific. So um, very specific. everybody loved that we had these slipcases that uh, Paul Niemeyer, Mortal Kombat guy, um, of course he hates that because he's done so much more, <laughs> um, yeah. but that Paul Niemeyer did along with the surprise uh, NES-style sleeves that went inside of it, which make it like a really cool like premium item. Well... With Series 2, those are going to be exclusive to pre-orders. So mm-hmm. if you do pre-order within our pre-order window, just like other companies do, we do a month-long pre-order. If you pre-order during that, you are guaranteed to get the slipcase and sleeve. After, And that's how many we are going to make. So if we get 1,000 pre-orders, we will have 1,000 slipcases and sleeves. If we have 5,000 pre-orders and we get the whole minimum print run, we will do 5,000 slipcases and sleeves. Um yep. That being said, we will likely do a couple extra for for errors, but it's not like we're going to do, like, if we get 2,000 pre-orders, we're not going to do 3,000 slipcases and sleeves. Like, we're going to do a few extras just for damages and all that. So, that being said, if you you hold off and don't pre-order Robot Name Fight and Other Game, because I won't spoil it, um, for Series 2, because we're only doing two for Series 2, if we, um, if you don't pre-order those, you may not get the subcase and sleep. That being said, point of clarity, Barry, and I don't know if we've done this point mm-hmm. of clarity, the retro and deluxe editions will have the slipcase and sleeve inside. Um, yes. So if you don't pre-order the, the premium edition and, or miss out, and we still have copies of the retro and deluxe available of Robot Name Fight or the retro available of other game, um, then, you know... 
we will, um, you would be able to get the slipcase and sleeve there. So that way it's not super limiting, it's not crazy. We're simply doing it to keep things a little more doable because doing the slipcase and sleeve for every single copy is great, but we want to reward those that are that are doing the pre-order system as well for and supporting us right from the get-go. And it'll help us when it comes to production like tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it helps us with potential retail distribution in the future and things like that just for our retail like our premium edition but like it has all the retail markings and everything on it it makes things a lot simpler for us for to future proof everything which is great absolutely yeah we want to we definitely want to honor those that that did do the pre-order right away and and supported us from the beginning and uh we absolutely want to do that going forward but like jeff said there is at least that hey you missed the pre-order you weren't paying attention whatever you can still do the retro or the deluxe Provided we have them left over and still get that awesome slipcase, because you know his his work is amazing. Paul's an amazing artist, and I'm sure all of our customers that have already picked up our first two releases have seen that. Uh, and his artwork for the next games is also amazing. <laughs> so yeah, and Paul's already finished the um, the other games sl- slipcase, and it looks amazing. And he's working on Robot Name Fight right now, and the inspiration that he's doing, like that, is his art style. For those that don't know, Paul does a haunted house that he does all the practical art, like artwork for and everything. Like he makes like molds and craziness. So like horror and sci-fi is his realm. Um, and so that is what he's digging into for Robot Named Fight. And Robot Named Fight's all about them meat beasts and crazy, crazy like robots and like Geiger-esque at- atmospherics. So, I mean, what he's going to come up with, like we can only fathom. Um, and I mean, we've already seen our retro box robot name fight which is going to take heavy inspiration from super metroid um and that's already done on a canvas that we're doing it looks amazing like and we're going to be showing this off um in a direct soon right barry yep maybe maybe not i mean we, we could say but I mean, all i'll say is stay oh, tuned we're gonna to have a direct <laughs> <laughs> we're go- yes, i mean those that listen really those of you that listen to us on the playcast you know we're gonna give you some stuff yeah. and like we're gonna be having a direct we just don't know when we're gonna launch the direct because we gotta have some some dates for y'all for for you to for like pre-order dates and things because we don't want to just say oh here's robot name fight and then like we want to give you some stuff and then we got some Good. secrets <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have some. We definitely have some secrets to reveal during this direct. Yeah, uh, and I will say this is a little tease too. We have we have we have additional secrets besides the other game in series two. So yeah, you'll definitely do. want to watch this direct. And uh, those and- of you that listen, if you ping us enough, we might be able to reveal one of the other secrets that we're going to lead in no, with. No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't do that. We we absolutely should leave it to the direct. We want people to watch this direct, and, yeah, and that's, that's I think the secrets need to be there. I'm just I mean, saying. If you ping Barry enough, he might change his tune. So ping him. No, Barry's very. No. See, see how stubborn Barry is, everyone. So if you like, ping me enough, I, I might say, you know what? I'm gonna take it at the red. You'll never <laughs> see it. It's gonna take that that idea and just throw it away. You'll never get to have it. You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> never know. Never know. But, never but know. we'll say we'll say that you know at least the, that part is coming along too. Where we're, we we have the script written. We're ready to go mm-hmm. with it. Just a few more things, and like like Jeff said, like we need some dates. So we're trying to figure it out. And one of the things I will say is with with the direct is we are we were trying to absolutely wait for everybody to have their retro and their deluxe pigeon devs in hand. We don't want those customers to feel like oh you're not important. We're moving on. Mm-hmm. With the ship and delays, we might have to 
put it out at a, around the same time. Um, we'll have to see. Yeah, we but, really uh, just got to see when we get our um, all of our estimated dates and things. And so, I mean, once we get all the estimated dates and, and all that stuff, uh, we will be able to accurately anticipate like when when everybody will have their stuff, have their games. But I, I hope everybody enjoys it when it when it does come out, though, because it's mm-hmm. it's I think it's gonna be good. I mean, and because the thing is, is that like the one thing we're gonna make sure is we are not opening pre-orders until everybody who has already purchased something from us has it already shipped. So I mean, we can do the direct before that, but we just can't open. We're not opening pre-orders until the retros and deluxes are shipped out, and that is why we move slow, everyone. <laughs> like, yes. like, and um, one thing too is that um, when it comes to the new like change in the pre-order system for the slipcases and the sleeves for robot name fight and other game um everything inside will remain the same so there's still going to be challenge cards all that stuff and and full yes. color manuals and all that stuff we're not changing anything on the interior it's literally the exterior packaging piece that we're going to modify oh. yep yeah that is it so you know if you get it late you don't know, pre-order and you want up getting it when it comes out you can still earn that awesome challenge patch absolutely we don't want to exclude you there exactly so it'll be super fun to do um and super cool yeah (sighs) freaking crazy so um news um jp's not on right now and i do know he wants to talk about the uh nindy direct the indie direct that indie showcase yeah so we will absolutely save that for the next episode because jp Mm -hmm. as i think as barry said before we recorded he probably has it already all researched out um (laughs) i haven't even watched it yet because i've been doing so much creation this week um my creation this week actually is i did the full manual for robot name fight and it looks so cool the the developer like i reached out to matt um which is morning stars game studios and i reached over to him like hey can you give me some assets and he sent me like five thousand assets Jeez. And I'm like, oh my god. So, like, put things into perspective. Robot Name Fight has over a hundred items. Like, items. I'm talking about, like, different guns, different helmets, different um, different types of armors. Like, there's over a hundred. So, like, it is an insane game. And so... The key is, is that, like, I started to create a manual, but we are doing a premium guide on this. So, I'm going to be doing stuff like covering, like, the items, but we're not going to go super in-depth like we will in the guide. Um, But I'm going to cover them, like, have you checked them all out, and and there'll be, like, icons everywhere. Whereas, we'll go a little more in-depth in the guide and cover a bunch per page. But it's, it's insane. There's over 60 enemies in the game. Enemy types. And, and then there's, like, a dozen or so bosses. And it's, like, the game is huge. If you don't know how big a robot name fight is, it is a gigantic game. Um, when they say that there's four billion combinations, like, they're not kidding. <laughs> like, it is insanity. It is so cool, though. Um, I can't wait for everybody to, to start experiencing it because as many people as had, um, had played Super Blood Hockey, like, once people started getting our game we saw so many new people experiencing it and imagine that with a rogavania barry oh that'd be really cool (laughs) you know i just can't wait for people to start tackling the challenges to see how they do there (laughs) it's gonna be insane and the thing is that people don't know is that it's not just the main game but there's i mean you can play robot named fight cooperatively two-player metroid like like who does this though? like the game is ridiculous like you talk about like a in an s tier game this is like one of my top 
games that I wanted. And we would have 100% released this in Series 1. But they did a holistic update, which is on this cartridge. So which is why we mm-hmm. waited to Series 2. It's the only reason why we waited to Series 2. Um, so. Yeah, we wanted the full version of the game on mm-hmm. card. Exactly. And it was worth waiting, I will tell you. Because playing the new versions and stuff, it's it's crazy. And it's so cool. I mean, just imagine, like, Super Smash Brothers time, Metroid style. Like, Deathmatch. <laughs> <laughs> Deathmatch style. It's so, so crazy. And I will tell you, like, I don't know how Matt created this game. It's so crazy. It's like beyond, like, comprehension, mathematically, <laughs> procedurally generated. I just need to get better. I am not good at the game at all. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's kind of tough. I mean, we call it, it's it's Super Metroid with no energy tanks. So yep. when you start off, you need to get your skills in check because you just, if you try to run through, you're going to get killed and then you got to start over. And it's permadeath. And even if you're doing really well in a room and you just walk into another room and this is an enemy and you've like never seen it before and you're like, oh, this is going to be easy and they can wipe the floor with you and go, there goes all your hard work. <laughs> it happened to me. <laughs> and I mean, it's permadeath. Um, fortunately, you could save the seeds, which give you like a code, and then you can put it in and enter that seed in and start that seed from the beginning again. We still have to start from the beginning. Um, but there's so many items that like every single playthrough is like a brand new experience. It's so crazy. So fun. Love it. Yeah, he did. Um, can't that wait till fun. we can do pre-orders for the game and get more stuff out. And I've been creating, creating, creating. That's the last piece, though, for the premium edition. The manual. I have everything else created, everyone. Um, you know, we have to do the um, the slipcase because Paul's still drawing it. Um, but And I'm going to design both sleeves. But the sleeves are, are super, super streamlined. Because the way that we do the sleeves, yeah. like it's going to be consistent for every release. So... Like, once we get that, though, once I get the manual done for this and other game, because um, I'm working on other game next week, and then I still got to write out some some of the different pieces. And fortunately, I just talked with the game developers. It's great. <laughs> like, hey, what do you think of, uh, what would you say about the enemies? And then they give me some stuff, and then I add my own flair to it, and boom, boom, boom. We have a, I mean, right now it's 24 pages for a robot name fight. Um, that was easy, and I might make it. 28 or 32 pages we'll see yeah be- no I, I can't wait to see it finished oh yeah i've only seen like little pictures that you sent and it all looks so good <laughs> exactly and you know the, the benefit of getting all those art assets is i found some cool different ways i can use to frame around the the manuals to make them completely custom so like the whole interior of the manuals custom to this game and that's so good yeah, it's it's gonna be fun, and I I enjoy creating these so much. It's like, yeah, I could have others like do it, but I like it too. I want to do them too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So um, so is there any other news besides for the indie showcase, Barry? That's happened. Uh, the only other thing is I put out a uh, a blue or purple or indigo, you know, Switch Light was announced. Which oh of course yeah, is not the Switch Pro, but that that does shown off. Super that's close to the, the game same queue, but Metopia. it's too blue, right? Yeah, it's coming the same day as Metopia, so it's it's weird that they chose that game to pair a you know system mm-hmm. color with. But well, I will tell you that the Switch Lite is its own. I consider that its own console almost, not really, but because it's a non-Switch, it's it's the handheld equivalent. It is the 3DS to the Wii U, right? So. For example, so them, so them, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, 
That being said, I want to say, because I saw a lot of conspiracy videos online, just because they're releasing another Switch Lite doesn't mean that they're not going to do something with a Switch Pro, Switch 2, whatever. Because it yeah. is its no. own beast. It's its own line of systems. They call it the Switch Lite. Yeah, the Switch, the Switch Pro would be a, an upgrade to the standard Switch, the, the hybrid Switch, and not the Lite version. Which is, like you said, it is its own beast. And so now the newest rumors that I saw, because here's a good news piece, it's a rumor piece, is that there's some kind of partnership with Microsoft and Nintendo. Mm -hmm, I didn't see that. Is there any legitimacy to it? Probably. Now, it could be multiple things, because Microsoft is not only a software manufacturer, but also does hardware. So they could be part of the newest Switch 2, Switch Pro, whatever. Um, I think it's more likely that they're going to try to get Microsoft Game Pass onto the Switch, and they may either try to get it working on the Switch or integrate it to the upgraded system. That way it can inherently play, and if you get Microsoft Game Pass, you can play Xbox games on it. That's been something that people have been hoping for or rumored that they would get Mm -hmm. Game Pass on there. Uh, it makes sense. I, I well, do hope it comes out, but I hope that's not the only way we get Xbox games. Like I do hope they say, yeah, we're still going to do physicals of them too. Like Ori has a physical, and Cuphead supposedly will have a physical coming out if they do like Game Pass. And they're like, oh, here's the Halo Master Chief Collection. You know, it's on Game Pass. You know, I, that, I would hope that get a physical as well for Switch owners, so we can actually have it as opposed to just the Game Pass version. Well, and the streaming system. What's the streaming system that's on the PC? system um, where you stream stuff over the network and you don't oh, have it Stadia. 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 So those the, those um, gamers that have went so far as to hack their Nintendo Switches, um, they have gotten Stadia to work and they were playing Cyberpunk and Grand Theft Auto V and stuff on their Switches. Um, <laughs> That's and it's, crazy. And, it's, <laughs> and, and I mean, all you need is a, a consistent internet for that. So what they would do, and, and I mean, I would say for the... Uh, those that are created in like the uh, Game Maker Studio or in Unity, um, I think like like your Cupheads and your Ori's, I think those would be easy to port. We should hopefully, hopefully, we still see physicals of those. But for the the bigger beast of games that they would have to overly program, kind of like your Doom or your Witcher Three, where they have to do the variable um, resolution skimming. If they could do a Stadia-style network-based play from a server and you're as good as your internet is, I think that would be an easier route for a Microsoft oh, to put their systems definitely on easier. it. Yeah. I mean, we already have that. We have Hitman 3 cloud version, Control yep. cloud version. There's Resident Evil 7 in Japan cloud version. So it's not out of you know left field for the system because there's already three games on it that do that. So yeah, you're right. That would be the easier route. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I expect them to do the easy route. I'm hoping that they they give <laughs> us you know the physicals and the actual you know versions to run natively on the system. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope, man. But I mean, I don't think we're gonna ever uh, be without physical games to collect. And I mean, you're just doing yourself oh, yeah. a disservice, Barry, because you have to get everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adding more more games yeah. to my already crowded shelf. Now I know that, but it's it's just you know, especially with all this news going on with Sony right now, and now Microsoft with yeah. the whole like CRAM and all that. I don't know if you you followed this at all or, mm-hmm. or not. It's it's kind of scary. So pretty much the with the PSN shutting down 
they the PS I think I'm not sure if the PS3 does this or not, but definitely the PS4 and the PS5 do this where the they have a battery in them. And if the battery you pretty much in order for the system to run it needs two things. One, it needs to establish a connection to PSN originally and two the battery needs to be working. So as long as those two things are functioning, your system works. If the battery yeah. dies, and the sys- I think if the system, the system would then have to still connect to PSN, and with PSN still working, you should still be good. But when PSN goes down, which they're doing now with PS3, PSP, and Vita, like in the future for PS4, you wouldn't be able to play your games. Now, if your battery was still up and running, you still would be, but once that battery dies, and a battery has between two and eight years of life, your system is bricked. You can't connect to the PSN because PSN is now shut down. Mm-hmm. And they noticed this not only prevents you from playing digital games, but also playing physical games, <laughs> which is huge. Well, now, Microsoft has a problem too, but its problem is it needs like, it's not a battery thing, but it just has to like connect to the network. And again, all these things can be can be done and, and dealt with by a firmware update. Sony and Microsoft can can eliminate this step and make sure that these systems don't brick. Well, will they? I don't know. Hmm. These were not designed flaws. These were done on purpose. Now, I don't know if PS3 is in a similar boat or not. There's a lot of different information going out about it. But yeah. with the PSN shutting down and the store shutting down, a lot of people are going like hysteria. But if, if you, know, you get a PS4, you buy a PS4, and they, they tested this. Someone bought a brand new PS4. They took out the battery... And, and they just they never you know didn't didn't have any internet and just tried to boot it up to play a PS4 game, and it would not read the disc. It <laughs> needed to absolutely connect to PSN or have a battery that had already remembered that it had connected to PSN in order to play. And That's that is crazy insane. that nobody's tested that until now. No, no, no. They, well, they've known about like Sony knew about. No, I'm this. saying nobody Sony like knew this. about it. It wasn't news until now. Like nobody ever because, tested because because batteries take you know anywhere from two to eight years to die and now people are questioning when now the psn is shutting down because you remember the ps1 and ps2 weren't really reliant on the internet ps1 didn't have it and ps2 the internet was the firmware updates were done with memory cards it wasn't reliant you could play the ps2 offline ps3 was the first one that really utilized online and Mm -hmm. it was built into the architecture so now that it's happened with the ps3 people are starting to think oh let's check ps4 it's been eight years now as crazy as it is, PS4 is eight years old. Came out in 2013. Um, let's see how you know the PS4, and sure enough, and the PS5, and they both have that issue, which means it's a personal, it's an intentional issue from Sony. So with this hysteria, a lot of people are looking at Nintendo, like Nintendo's not doing this. So nope. absolutely, the more physical stuff on Switch, the better, because as of right now, that stuff will still be playable <laughs> without an internet connection. That's funny. Like, people are, like, crazy, too. But, I mean, here's the thing. Are they going to be bricked? Um, Inherently, they will be. But You can hack them, though. The hacker community is going to care for it. They're going to make it so we can connect to a network that's going to mirror the PSN. And then somebody will, you know, then they'll have replacement batteries and all that. So, like, they won't be bricked. But here's the thing, though. We shouldn't have to hack a system to be able to use it to play the games that we already purchased. Obviously. (laughs) Obviously, we shouldn't have to do that, but we do because they're jerks. I mean, I'm not surprised that that Sony threw something in there because that whole era 
of PS4 and everything was all games versus media versus all this extra stuff, and they're just trying to prevent all the different hacking and all that stuff. And when they do that, they shoot themselves in the foot every time. The, the other thing is when you have games that are incomplete at retail and then have updates, a, a lot of the PS3 updates were actually removed from PSN ahead of time. And I believe Sony put some of them back after complaining, but like a lot of those updates are going to be lost forever. And well, the one unless, thing is, you know, is with all acting. of this drama, though, it may open the eyes of Sony and they may just do a patch to allow. But they're not going to have those updates, though. You're talking every game. Every game needs to have you know the, their their updates on there, their patches up there. Yeah. So Sony might do an update to make sure the system doesn't brick. But at the same time, you know how many games are going to be truly incomplete, which is another reason why we waited on a robot named Fight because we wanted to make sure our cart is complete. <laughs> you know, well, I mean about that. that that error or issue though is something that we've all anticipated. It's why yeah, I mean it's why Limited Run Games has started doing physical for PS4 um, was for this very reason. So I mean it's why we want everything complete. I mean, it's a yeah. collector mindset. It's why it's always good to have a physical copy of things. Uh, the fact that it kills the physical—that's like dumb. That's, I don't even that's know. Terrible. I don't even know why they would do that. Um, they're going to get so much bad press that they're going to fix it. There's no way that they could afford to, because they're—I mean—they're going to get lawsuits. Um, whether the yeah, whether people only- get paid out for the lawsuits or not, but they're going to get. There's going to be some legal. But this is this also isn't even a physical versus digital because it prevents you from playing your digital games too. It mm-hmm. is it locks literally locks out both physical and digital, mm-hmm. which is huge. It literally is saying, guess what? You can no longer play your games. Have th- thanks for the money. So long and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> it shows and, me that they really think that you're just basically borrowing the hardware. Yeah. <laughs> the the software piece is what you don't own. You just the hardware's yours, but you don't own the software. Um, well, we technically don't own the software we we license the software even physical we license mm-hmm. the software yeah so they're going to turn that software off and you can't play it anymore and that's what their Correct. thought is and is that right um i don't know but legally they're allowed to but it's bad press but i will tell you that um there'll be some homer homebrew software and it'll work and it'll be fine um because i mean that would be the straw that breaks the camel's back and people are going to be motivated enough to get it done and all it takes is motivation for crafty programmers uh to make things happen and it'll probably be something that's even more amazing than what the current ps3 is or ps4 the, or whatever the, the question is then will how will it affect sales will so will people be like oh yeah i'm totally gonna buy the ps5 now because uh, I, i'm gonna have to hack it afterwards maybe i'll go to xbox if xbox fixes it or maybe i'll go switch or pc i don't um, think it's gonna affect sales I don't know. It depends on how widespread. Will it affect grandma walking into Walmart to buy a system for their grandchild? Probably no. not. No. But will? It, but if it becomes widespread enough, it could. It depends. Like right now, the gamer community knows about it. But if it goes outside the gamer community, that's when it really affects sales. Well, I will tell you that um, you know having a system for eight to ten years, like that's fine for most consumers. General yeah. consumers, they're ready to trade in after about four years. So. I mean, and a lot of people do not keep their stuff. They trade no. it in. So those that had a PS3, those that's affecting is the gaming community. Everybody else upgraded the PS4, so they don't like, oh, PS3, don't care. Um, I'm only playing PS4 stuff. Um, now, a lot of people do get nostalgic and try to go back to play certain stuff. 
um, and they'll be disappointed. And that's just going to be how it is. I mean, there'll be computer emulation always. Um, there's a PS3 emulator on, on PCs. So there is an option to play stuff. But is it the same? No. I mean, NES emulation isn't the same as playing it on an actual NES on a small TV. So it'll never be the same if you don't play it on the original hardware, which is disappointing. Very disappointing. Gross. See, there was some news, Barry. There was some news. Yeah, there was some news. There always is. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I alluded to it on my um, the last episode. Maybe not, but I did get an 8-Bitto Pro 2. Nice. Um, yeah, interesting. You did, I think you did yeah, so it was interesting. I've been playing with it, um, even the game of the episode. I've been playing with it, and I think it is probably the best controller I've used. It's amazing. Nice. The D-pad is what's awesome. The D-pad feels flawless. So I have a bunch of other, even the Pro Controller, the actual Nintendo Pro Controller, the D-pad is better than those on this Pro 2. Um, and that is my major thing. And the buttons are like Game Boy stocks. I got the Game Boy Color one, but they're all, um, there's no... Divided ones like on a Super Nintendo, but there are Nintendo style buttons like Super Nintendo style in PAL territories where all four were are out. Um, it's all high quality though. You do have to press start and select instead of L and R to sync the controller though, which is interesting. <laughs> I don't know why you have to do that. That is weird. Yeah, but um, but yeah, super super recommend the the Eight Bitto Pro Two. Um, it's also wireless, which is great because I have the 8-Bitto Pro that's wired. That's the Super Nintendo version that's in my kiosk at all times. But now I have the wireless version that I can play from, you know, across without any wire. So now I can use it for two-player play, which is great. But, yeah, that was a good update from the last episode. So I'm pretty sure I talked about that. And I would say for games that came in, not a ton, right? Um, I know you probably had a shit ton come in. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I had quite a bit come in. There's yeah. been pretty much everything that the like next Super Rare's last three pack just came in, and okay, and just all, all pretty much any game that came out during the week is is what I got in. <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't get anything super new. Um, I did get Shantae on and Shantae uh, Risky's Revenge, I think is what it is. Um, in uh, both of those two games, I got him from Limited. Um, so that's cool. I, I do want to play through all five Shantae games. So we could probably do a playcast on at least the first one. Um, maybe after the next game we do, we can do one of them. Because um, it'll be interesting to see how Game Boy emulation or Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, whatever emulation work on the um, Switch and like comparing and contrasting how it works compared to the original and all that. It depends on mine come in. <laughs> I mean, it'll be in. And again, it and is limited run. And limited never, run. Never know. They might be in delays like we are and never get it. <laughs> so uh, speaking of new games, should we cover the game of the episode? Yeah, we should. So um, we've been playing it for a little bit. Um, and the game that we're talking about is Hades. Um, so yeah, we finally were able to play Hades. Came out physically, uh, which was great. So happy that we got a physical version. Um, I was just about to buy it too when they announced the physical. Um, luckily, it was um, you know published retail, so we were able to to get it like faster, which is nice. Yeah, I got the retail. Yeah. Um, so I'll do a little bit of the wallpaper, if you will. Sure. Um, so Hades is a roguelike. Action Dungeon Crawler, um, developed and published by Super Giant Games, released for a bunch of systems, uh, more, more like Windows and Mac OS, and then the Nintendo Switch, uh, released in September of last year, 
And it had an early access release, though, in 2018 um, for PC. Uh, in the game, you control Zagreus, which is the son of Hades, um, god of the underworld. And he attempts to escape the underworld to reach Mount Olympus. Um, he's, he gets aided by gifts bestowed upon him from other Olympians. Um, and each run challenges the player through a random series of rooms populated with enemies and rewards. You know, so I said each run, because this is yes. a roguelike, so you keep on dying. Um, so the game itself, though, is a hack-and-slash combat system. You use a combination of main weapon attacks, uh, special, like, stronger attacks, magic abilities, and then dash powers um, to fight and defeat enemies while avoiding damage. And if you don't learn how to avoid damage properly, you won't survive too long because your health is, it's not easy to replenish health in the game until you start powering and upgrading things. Um, while you often die, the, pa- the player, uh, you are able to use treasure gain to improve attributes to and unlock new weapons and abilities. You like look in a mirror and you can up date your abilities uh, and improve chances of subsequent runs um, exclusive to the switch version and i don't know if it's exclusive to the physical or if it's exclusive just to the switch version but they do have a god mode um that you can enable and every time you die first of all it starts you with a 20 percent um extra defense uh against enemy attacks and every time you die you get an extra two percent on top of that uh, every time you die, you'll get an extra 2%, up to 80%. <laughs> so you can hopefully get better to the point where you can you know, beat the game. Um, ironically, a lot of games nowadays, modern games, do this in the background and don't tell the player. It's kind of like one of those things where it kind of helps the player feel like they're getting better as, as their skills are getting better. They do it behind and don't tell people. Um, I, I remember seeing videos and things, Barry, on, on this type of aspect where they kind of sc- difficulty scaling based on the player and how well they play. It's crazy. Um, So uh, the game itself, though, is like a combination from Supergiant's previous games. Like they took like what they liked in other games and made Hades almost like a best of, which is pretty cool. Um, And there's lots of branching stories and stuff as you talk to people and that. Um, It won Game of the Year for several things, um, for lots of things from last year in 2020. So... um, it's a craziness. Um, and yes, let's see, is there anything else? Because the physical for this game was released March 19th of 2021, so last month. About a month ago now from this recording. So um, how far did you get, Barry? <clears throat> so I'm not a big roguelike person. And I knew this going in. <laughs> I was too. like, all right. So Me I, too. I, tur- I turned on God Mode. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie. I put it on. I'm like, I'm just gonna try and have an easy thing. I planned on just doing, you know, two or three runs. So I, at least I had an experience with it, and I, I did decently the, f- the first time I, I got to the first boss and she kicked my butt. I was like, Meg, okay. Meg, Meg. Well, yes, yes, it, it was Meg that time. But so I, I, um, <laughs> I like how you said that. I went, I, I went back, and I, it, I think it took me the, by the third time I got move and it was one of the special moves where it lowered my hp down but every time i hit with my attack i gained two hp back and i was like all right i'm chipping away at things but i'm healing myself i'm like this isn't so bad i'm invincible and i beat meg this time i'm like yeah and i went to the second world and i i beat the second boss too i'm like oh my god yeah the second boss is the The hydra bone hydra so then i went to the third world 
And the third boss, they they did beat me. Well, one beat me. I mean, it was two bosses, but I beat one of them. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, it, oh my is god, it? is it Theseus and the Minotaur? Yeah. So yeah. I was like, oh, I'm not going to get back to this again. Like that was my best run. Boom. But something compelled me. Let me let me go again. Let me go again. Uh-huh. And and I just monster. kept going and kept going. And then I got to the final area. And I got to Hades, and I lost. I'm like, no, I'm going to kick your ass. And I went back, and I beat him. And I was like, oh, my God, I beat the game. Like, why Why would I go back and do this again? But then I saw what happens, which I'm not going to spoil, but there's a reason <laughs> to go back. And yeah. you, every time you beat the game after that, you get more of the story. So I've beat it three times now, and and I unlocked everything in the mirror, you know, like, uh, like the fully all, – all the things are available, and almost everything is maxed. And uh, I, I still on the base weapon just because I was using my keys to unlock everything in the mirror. Um, but but what's uh, your god percentage at? I think it's at fifty four percent. Okay, yeah, you've played quite a bit more than I have. And and you know just by beating it, and then then I noticed as I was going through, I was you know because repetition of being the same thing over and over again kind of gets boring. They start changing it up. So yeah, instead of fighting do. Meg, you fight her two sisters. Uh-huh. You know, it's random which one you're going to get, and then eventually Meg will come back. So it's like random which of the three sisters you fight. And then the Bone Dragon is different, different, different patterns as different Bone Dragons. And then sometimes you'll fight the Minotaur as a sub boss on the third world uh, just by himself. And then when you get to the <laughs> boss, you have to fight them both again. Uh, and then, of course, the last area is RNG. You pretty much pick one of five paths and hope it's the right one. And mm-hmm. you keep going until you find it. And that, I hate that last world because I feel, A, I feel it's kind of cheap because it's these really quick dungeons. And B, that poison is just murder. I hate those poison rats with a passion. <laughs> but Well, I luckily will... they have the little poison healing things. Yeah, they have the poison healing things there. But it's still, I hated them. But I will say for a game that I honestly did not expect to make, you know, multiple runs to even beat it once, to have beaten it three times and gotten to Hades a couple other extra times and just had some bad luck, uh, I was shocked that I kept playing it and I had fun. I mean, I I feel that I've gotten enough out of it that to see the rest of the story, I'm probably just going to, like, look it up to see what it is. But I definitely feel I got my money's worth out of the game and my, my enjoyment time out of the game, and I did have a lot of fun with it. Nice. What about you? So, um, I think the first time I got to Hades, I was at 32%, which means I only died a few times. <laughs> and I got to him. Um, it was interesting, though, because um, I, mean, I haven't unlocked everything. I think I'm only at like 40, maybe now, or 42, um, which is, you know, you divide it. That's like 20 playthroughs, right? I think yeah. I've, I've done like 20 playthroughs. Um, I haven't seen any variants on Meg or the Bone Dragon yet or anything like that. Um but as I got to Hades the, the first time, it was with the sword. Because as you unlock things, you unlock swords, yeah. you unlock things, uh, you get darkness boosts if you use them. So I used the darkness boost. Um, the modifiers that I got from the gods for that one was like ridiculous. I was at 800% damage nice. with the sword. And then my special attack had like 400% damage or something. So um, that's when I learned how to do the strategy in the game. So there's certain different weapons. So you have your sword, you have a spear, you have my favorite, which is like Rhaegar or God of War, where you have a big like Captain America shield and you like beat the crap out of him with it and you throw it really far. Um, and the modifiers on that, like if you get like super like 200, 300% modifiers, you can just stand back and just throw the damn shield and kill the weaker guys. And it like ricochets off of multiple enemies. Um, you also have 
um, a big old like claws, which I really haven't used. Um, you have a bow and arrow type thing, which I've used a little bit, and then you have a gun, <laughs> which is ridiculous. The gun is ridiculous. Um, my main thing that I've been using is I go between the sword and the um, Captain America style got a war shield nice. um and those are my two favorites so far but when i did the the playthrough and got to hades um with the sword that's when i learned how to properly play the game because before that i was just playing hit and run and shooting from the back and every once in a while i get tagged with something because i'm half paying attention but the key is is using the dash and then attack so you're doing yep. the sword. I like dash in and do an attack and dash out. And basically at that point, certain levels. So you start with the first level is pretty easy. Second level, there's lava everywhere. So you just got to pay attention to where you're dashing around so you don't damage yourself. And you dash in, attack. And there's lots of frames of animation where you're invincible and where the enemy is. Like you cut through their projectiles and their attacks so they can't hurt you. Um, so dashing in and out, and I figured that. So when I applied that same sword dashing to the next run with the with the shield and everything, because that was the next one that had the damage upgrade, um, I was like toasting and destroying everything. And it was even better because then I could use the projectiles from far and then d dash in and attack real quick. And I'm starting to not even get hit. And so getting past everything is like a breeze now. And I'm messing with all the different modifiers because the roguelike part, besides for changing what the levels look like, um, it also changes your drops from all your gifts from the gods too. So you'll, like Barry said, you'll get like basically get all your life back or other stuff like that. Um, I usually try to avoid the detriment ones. And I've noticed that when you get all the way to the end, that the um, the stuff at the end is like the best to spend your, your money on the coins of Charon. So typically during the early runs, I was spending money as I was going and I would like buy incremental upgrades so I could survive. But as my play skills getting better, now I'm not spending the money and I'm waiting till the end to get all the big benefits, the big upgrades. And I'll literally just buy like things like that will help me upgrade my character uh, a little bit further. I haven't even gotten the 20 keys yet to unlock the full mirror yet. So I don't even have no, that. 30. There's another one that's 30 after that. Yeah, so I don't even have the 20, let alone the 30 yet. That's that's um, why I don't have any of the weapons yet, because I was like, I can get the weapons, but I want to see what's next. So I'm oh, saving see, all my keys. I did the weapons because it's super fun to, to mess with the weapons, and then you upgrade the weapons. And so now so my here's, weapon. Here's a question. Did you actually be, did you beat Hades? No, I did not beat Hades. I have not oh. gotten back to him since then. I keep dying. I died okay. on the freaking Minotaur and Theseus like multiple times so now. There's something else when you once you beat it the first time when you go into the your next run you can actually choose different fury modifiers to make it harder for you but also make the rewards better mm -hmm. um, and you can re get like the first time you beat like the hydra you get a diamond and then the next times you just get you know uh, you know the experience points mm -hmm. but you could do some modifiers and by doing the modifiers it's like oh you're using this weapon and this modifier that you weren't using before now you can get the diamond again and you can make the enemies have more health or make more enemies there or make them have shields or make traps hurt you more like you can make it extremely hard for yourself and get a lot better rewards or make you can't really make it any easier but nice. but it's interesting that it lets you customize that and that happens once you beat the game the first time see that's pretty cool and I mean, that'll be beneficial because I still, you know, I'm only 
like at 40 (laughs) percent like defense so as i keep dying like defense will be like god mode makes it so much more fun to me it just makes it a blast and for me like i haven't beaten hades yet but that's okay i'm okay with it like i'm gonna move on to the next game but it is gonna stay on the front of my switch because i have the game card holder on the front with all the long play games and i'm gonna leave it on there and probably pop it in every once in a while just to, to do a playthrough i just hope that i can keep my skills up because right now my skills are on point. But this is the first game in a while where I'm fighting bosses, like especially the damn bone... um, Hydra? The the bone Hydra, and my thumb starts to hurt. Oh, yeah. Well, that's one of the things that happened with me in that uh, playthrough where I was draining life. My attack was so weak that it took forever, and my fingers were literally in pain. And and some runs where I was on, on Hades, I was literally holding the controller because I was using the Pro Controller, in my left hand, just like I was palming it, and I just had my my right pointer and middle finger on the dash and the attack button, and I was just dash, attack, dash, attack with my left thumb I was using on the analog stick to move because I couldn't do it all with my thumb anymore. My thumb was in pain. I had to switch fingers to do it <laughs> just because it got so intense. And Hades, I don't know, did you, did you at least beat the first form? Because Hades has two forms. Yeah, I got almost... I almost beat his second form the very first time I fought him. And I was like, yeah, so close. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. Screw this. And I paused. <laughs> I, I stopped playing for the week. And then I played. I played it again this weekend more. And um, yeah, I, I died on the Minotaur and Theseus. So. Yeah, that, that's a that's a tough fight, too, um, depending on how you, you do it. And if you, you have to read the, the room pretty much because the Minotaur can destroy you if you're not paying attention. Well, yeah, and I kind of was just haphazardly dashing, dashing and attacking with that one. Yeah, you can't mode. do that because you can dash right into his attacks. Yeah. Well, I mean, I paid attention to where they were, but I wasn't uh, paying attention. Theseus was going away and, like, sniping me. And I was just yeah. taking damage when I didn't need to. And so that was kind of my downfall there, with that room. There that is run. some some things you can get to benefit. Like, one of the – I think it's – I think it's Hermes gives it, where when if you take damage, you could dash away and get 30% of your health that you just lost back, which is helpful. And there's another one when when you dash, you get sturdy afterwards. Um, so for like a couple seconds, so you can't like take damage, or you have like you more defensive. So in the combination of doing that, you'll heal yourself <laughs> and take less damage. So it helps. Fine. So um, I would say it's probably pretty much a consensus that this game is a. Uh amazing game and we should probably recommend it right yes i i i wasn't sure again i'm not in big into roguelike i i like the amount that you can enhance yourself i do wish there was more uh like like some of the the hidden things underneath the mirrors where just like you get better buffs and you get like epics more epics more chance of getting epics and i'm like wait i'm already beating the game like give me more attack at this point you know like i don't need these epic rewards like just increase my flat attack you know at this point but i i do like the amount they have i do wish it was a little more but god mode definitely made it more fun like if i didn't have god mode i probably would have been like you know done after three or four yeah Um, because it would have been a lot more of skill versus like not not even a skill but it's i felt like at least no you would have to upgrade you you would have to upgrade your skills to progress further oh, yeah. in the game it'd be more a skill-based game versus uh now you get a little more defense so it's like a double as your skill gets better your defense gets better so you actually progress a little faster which is cool 
<laughs> I saw an email that came through as we're talking, and we'll we'll address it live on the playcast. The question, because <laughs> oh, I, I literally just was reading it. Yeah, I know you were because you stopped talking. Uh, <laughs> stop, stop doing emails, Barry, while we're recording. Um, yeah, so uh, we will we will, uh, we will uh, address that because that is a hilarious question. <laughs> so, but anyways, um, absolutely get Hades. Awesome yes. game, deserving of game of the year by multiple publications. Absolutely. Um, the only other game that I can say that's got this same roguelike feel is a robot name fight for me. It has awesome, uh, just enough icing on the cake for me. Um, and so let's hope that I go back and actually beat Hades. Um, <laughs> now I'm not much of a completionist anymore because I mean, we have too many games, man. Um, and so I would say, what do you say about we announce the next game that we're playing? Uh, yeah, we can we can announce the next game. Uh, oh, and just just in case anyone who's listening at this point was curious, JP did not play the game. Oh, he didn't. Is, I didn't even know if he did or not. Yeah, he he didn't. He he stated he didn't. Oh, so if he would have been on, he'd been like, I uh, fired it up and played the intro. Nah, so he has he didn't play the game. So so that's that's one of the reasons why JP's not available tonight. <laughs> We're like, Eric, it's you know it's fine because he didn't play the game. But yeah, yeah. we can absolutely announce the next game. Do you want to do it or should I? Well, I mean, I'll do hints and then I'll let you announce it. So, um, so basically, the next game is currently only available uh, digitally, and they did announce that a physical is coming. And fortunately, the um, the publishers have given us all a copy to play. Yes, yes, they were gracious enough to let us cover it for the playcast. Mm-hmm. So we will be covering it. Uh, maybe not the next episode, but. The next time we cover a game. <laughs> well, I mean, if we can convince JP to play a game, then for the, for the, because, you know, like the Switch Mania Playcast, the idea is we have like a, a game playing club. Like we play, like not just talk about Switch and, <laughs> and, and do our collecting clout. Like we want to play our games that we have, the amazing Switch. There's so many amazing game experiences and there's not enough time to play all our games. Um, so this forces us to play stuff like Hades, which neither of us, you or I, would not have played this game had not been for the playcast. We would have just pr- procrastinated. It was sat on the show. You're you're right. Well, at least at least for a while. So I'm glad I got mm-hmm. to do it. But now, so the next game we will be playing is Blue Fire. Yes, amazing. And I will say that um, I think you and I have both like tried a little bit and we're already lost yes. so it should be a fun episode if we can find yes. ourselves because <laughs> like it's so like it's so crazy i think they just toss you into the world and it's 3d style so it'll be fun i can't wait though because it looks so cool and i want to play more of it um i'll probably be playing a little shante in between too which will be fun um because we got some time but next episode we're definitely going to talk about um the indie direct as well indie showcase yes. which will be fun um especially because we want all of you. So, in anticipation, those of you that are still listening at this point, um, let us know what games you want us to physically release for Premium Edition based off of the Indie Showcase. What games would you want to see? I know there's a big three that everybody wants. Um, I mean, who knows? If we have the opportunity to release Ninja Turtles or something like that, like, I mean, I wouldn't turn it down, would you, Barry? That would be a Series 2 game. We would. <laughs> I mean, it's a Series immediate game. Like, yeah. yeah. Put that for pre-order. <laughs> Uh, make it happen. Um, so the email that I alluded to uh, while yes. we finished up Hades. So somebody asked us uh, both on Facebook and on an email is I did not receive my patches yet. Um, let me tell you, I was just out on vacation 
I was away from the house, so I couldn't mail the patches for one week. <laughs> like, so, second week, I am mailing all the patches. I actually literally packaged them all up last night. I do it all by hand, everyone. Um, and I have the box of of all of the patches uh, for unboxings and for challenges for Super Blood Hockey and Pigeon Dev sitting right behind me. And I will be mailing them out tomorrow morning. So, they'll go out in a letter... Um, envelope and each one goes out individually if you do all three of them it all goes out individually because if i try to put all three patches in one envelope and mail them internationally they're going to charge you when you get them (laughs) so instead i just put you know the international stamp on and i do it all individually so you're gonna get three if you do all three you're gonna get three different envelopes from premium edition um i'm surprised somebody hasn't asked me to like freaking sign the envelope or something something weird because we've had some interesting requests so far (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so there was a a customer that asked that via email and obviously barry being the awesome awesome guy that he is will probably respond and say yeah it's coming out soon um me i'm reading i'm like this is a a free item dude like patience young padawan patience (laughs) we do this manually (laughs) we are we are a small small publisher we will do things small and intimately like, literally, Jeffrey Wednegg and the CEO and CCO of Premium Edition is mailing your stuff out manually himself. <laughs> Why? Because we love video games. <laughs> exactly. It's fun. But I, I, I dig it, though. I just sat there. I was listening to some podcasts and getting everything all associated and mailing it all out. So that was part of my Saturday night in between working on uh, layouts for a robot named Fights Manual. So got to love it. <laughs> eventually um, i mean the crazy thing is is that um i also had somebody from uh remember jeffrey wittenhagen's black box challenge um somebody contacted me on twitter and asked me for a where is this specific where can i get a copy of wild gunman in the game barry huh. and that's a legitimate question because you find yeah. every single original nintendo black box game inside the game one of them and Wild Gunman is one of them. And it is a very obscure and hidden game to get. Fortunately, I'm writing the um, the novel. And in the novel will be a strategy guide style hint system. It's going to go through the game. And if you read the novel, it'll be like the old world to power where you'll learn about the game inherently. So I actually gave him like a portion of the spot to help him out. And he actually found it and completed the game, um, which is crazy. Nice. Um, but he got all the games and his completion rate at the end was only 48%. <laughs> oh no. So he has to find a lot more stuff. He did none of the health upgrades. He did none of the other stuff. Um, there's a bunch of hints and stuff that where if you talk to all the people, um, you can get different hints throughout the game. They're trying to drive completion as crazy, aren't you? I mean, it's all annotated and logged in within the game. So it's a super fun, fun Nintendo entertainment system game. Um, it is not currently available, but I do have extra boards and things. I'm just waiting to get the novel out, and um, the wooden boxes are supposed to be shipped to me soon. Um, so then I'm going to ship out all the games for the wooden boxes, and then I, I'm completing the manual. I'm going to mail those all out, and that will be completely done, and then we can worry about doing a, a second printing of Black Box Challenge, Jeffrey Wittenagan's Black Box Challenge in the future. Um, but it was an interesting one where I got a, a weird... 
message and the guy was like super excited that he was able to beat it and he's like has anybody else asked you questions i'm like not as detailed as that one but i've gotten questions in the game (laughs) there's only a few people i know that actually completed it and i only know one other person besides for myself and the developer who've gotten 100 percent in the game damn yeah well that's the reason to get the guide then a hundred thousands of people will get yeah 100 percent. well i mean and we will i will have hints on how to get 100 percent after the after game portion but i'm also adding a whole um narrative to the game a whole story uh that doesn't actually exist within the constructs of the nes game that'll be like a whole background with new characters and stuff which will be fun it's kind of like what they did with blaster master worlds of power where there's new characters and then when they did mm-hmm. Mel- blaster master zero they incorporated them when they did the nintendo switch release which and is awesome. i will tell you if we can ever develop games that would be an amazing thing to do with black boss challenge that would be amazing Bring the world to life even more. Bring the world to life in the constructs of a modern console. Oh, be awesome. Be amazing. Um, we One can dream, everyone. One can dream. <laughs> Craziness, though, right? Um, Absolutely. Let's see. Uh, what else we got going on, Barry? Uh, just trying to work on Series 3 or Series 2, keeping the customers happy and uh, life. <laughs> life, just living life and trying to stay safe. Yeah, I will tell you, we have tons of meetings every week, um, and you know, there's lots of facets to uh, having a, a company, so there's lots of stuff you wouldn't think about that ends up turning into a, uh, a whole night's uh, meeting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other night. It was a, you know, it's like a, oh, a 20-minute call, uh-huh. and it turned into a two-and-a-half-hour call. <laughs> yeah, and that's why we're recording on a different day. <laughs> It happens, man. It happens. I mean, this episode's a short episode, which is great because, you know, we got other stuff to do and, and knock out now. Um, so I will say we appreciate uh, everybody who has supported us. Um, if you could take time and share it with friends and let other people know that, you know, the Playcast exists because we do like uh, communicating with everyone as well as, you know, Premium Edition. Uh, more eyes that we have on well, on the um, what we're doing, the better everything will be, obviously. Absolutely. It'd be yes, cool. uh, everybody who has you know sent their love and support, uh, we greatly appreciate every single one of you, mm-hmm. and uh, we we just hope to keep earning that love and support from you. Exactly, and hopefully, uh, in by the next time we uh, record, which JP hopefully will be on, stops running around and driving everywhere. I think he had to like drive like hours today to pick up his wife or something, doing some craziness. Um, hopefully he's able to join us and we could talk the indie direct. And hopefully he plays Blue Fire. <laughs> I hope so. I won't hold my breath on Blue Fire though. <laughs> it might be a Barry and Jeff episode again. <laughs> uh, we shall see. Yep. Um, also, like next episode, I should have an update on the Odroid Super because. Uh, I had a guy who created one of the skins, one of the uh, back backbones for the Odroid Super. He like worked on an entire uh, build for it. He uh, created a a whole card for me and everything. So he's giving me an updated, upgraded card that he's mailing to me. And so I should have an update to talk about the coolness of this game. And apparently, like there's a cheat retro achievements and all this other craziness with it. So should be super super cool to to do as an update hopefully i'll have that by next recording that sounds great cool so we should we uh talk about where people can find us absolutely so premium edition games is at premiumeditiongames.com we still have copies for sale which are shipping now for the premium editions of super blood hockey and pigeon dev games collection 
still pre-order the Retro and Deluxe of Pigeon Dev Games Collection, as well as supporting Sunshine Anthology, which is still on their backer kit, which you can get the exclusive slipcase and insert and challenge card inside that version. Our version will be different, everyone. Like, we've we've said it, but I don't know if we've really focused on that. So we want to make sure we start to you know publicize that a little more so people understand that, hey, that backer kit is the only way, and that is going to stop soon. <laughs> that backer kit. It's been up for, like, six months now or something as they're producing the game. I'm not sure how long they're keeping it up, but um, that is the way to get that exclusive stuff for Sunshine Anthology. Um, Absolutely. As for me, I'm available at Hagen's Alley on Facebook and the Twitter, and at Hagen's Alley Books on Instagram. Uh, I have a bunch of books available at Hagen's Alley dot com as well as the mike tyson's punch out book is available it's called the pixel perfect punch out and it is available on kickstarter right now it's almost 300 percent funded it may be now as of you know by the time this episode goes up 300 percent funded on kickstarter uh the author daniel's awesome he's doing an amazing slip cover by Paul Niemeyer. <laughs> I was about to say, Paul. Yeah, Paul Niemeyer. So it's really cool. Comes full circle. Uh, the the slip, slip case looks awesome. Um, and it's been awesome seeing the support that he's getting for the book that he did. Um, little known fact is that he was charging about $150 for the book before because he didn't have a publisher. So I'm able to print it for him at an affordable level where he can charge people a reasonable amount and still make money as the author, which is you know, what I strive for when it comes to Hagen's Alley is to be able to uh, help authors uh, like-minded as myself in the retro gaming uh, mantra to be able to do some amazing books. So super cool seeing the uh, the feedback and um, everybody seems to be super stoked about getting the Punch-Out book. It's done. So as soon as the Kickstarter ends, we get the funds, we're going to pay for the print run and it'll be in, it'll be in printing. So... It's going to be really fun to do. Um, and he's up updating some stuff, too, adding some extra flavor to the original release. Um, it never did come out physically, by the way. So it's going to be cool to make this book. It's huge. <laughs> so where can people find you, Barry? They can find me at Twitter, at Hawk Hellfire. You can also find me on Facebook and on YouTube at Nintendo Fuse. And uh, since he's not here, you should also put. Oh, I, I could also say uh, you can find me at the Discord, our, our, our premium edition Discord, mm-hmm. and of course behind the premium edition support email. But uh, since he's not here, we should say you can find JP pretty much everywhere at JP Switchmania. <laughs> and um, JP did create some crazy giveaway for Super Blood Hockey with some kind of like band aid box where he put some Super Blood Hockey branding I, I on it. I think it's over now. It's over, over now. There. So, yeah. huh? Who was the winner? You were. I, no, I wasn't the winner. <laughs> you were the uh, winner, Barry. That's that's rigged. Um, no, no, I'm not the no. But um, yeah. So I think that's like a one of a kind item because JP custom made it. I assume he made one for himself because only JP would do that. But <laughs> but pretty cool that um you know we were able to do like a little fun giveaway um for Super Blood Hockey. So thanks for everybody for supporting with that. That was pretty fun, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we love love uh, to support the community for sure. Exactly. Um, so thanks everybody. We will be, um, you know, playing for our game, Blue Fire. So everybody that can join us, hopefully you uh, are able to get it digitally. But it is coming physically, so I wouldn't mm-hmm. blame y'all for waiting. And you'll be able to hear our take on the game as we play it, and you'll find out whether you want to play it or not. And we will uh, see you next week. Have a good one. <laughs>